you want to save money on your trading card purchases, we have a promo link uh, over at 50cards.shop. Enter the promo code at night to get 5% off your order. Hey everybody, welcome to Nexus Tonight, your weekly Vanguard podcast. I'm Atlas. I'm Matt. Uh... Atlas, I see you have lost a fight with your dresser. How did that go? Oh, yeah. So for people listening, I have a big fucking star down the side of my face uh, that uh, took 12 stitches to fix, which coincidentally caused a black eye from the stitching. Um, I had a seizure and in my twilight state was folding clothes and lacerated the side of my face. So will you be challenging your dresser to a rematch? Um, maybe. I'm not sure. I, I, I think I gotta wait for the stitching to be taken out before I go again. I don't know if it's gonna end up with like a bad badass like face star or whatever, so. but for That'd now I, I look like absolute shit. I'm getting married in a year. This is yeah. Well, you got a year to improve it. Oh my god. Alright. Hey, if it turns out to be a badass scar, you can just tell someone you were fighting off a mugger. Yeah. You narrowly dot. You tried to dodge a knife, but weren't like you just didn't move far enough. A so got grazed inside of yours. Yeah, named yeah. dresser. <laughs> yep. I've never gotten a black eye before. This is the dumbest way to really? get a black eye. Never, ever. Hmm. I've been in fights before, but I've never gotten a black eye. Huh. And uh, yeah, it's uh, not one of my finer moments. <laughs> this is why I'm recording in my bedroom with me, like propped up by pillows and. Have the computer on the thing instead of at my desk or the other and way. You're around. not, and you're not to get up. Yes. Yeah. I'll tell. It was very emphatic about you not getting up. I'll tell. I'm a snitch. Good to have headphones in, unless you you like shout loud enough for her to hear. <laughs> yeah, she did that thing where she was like, "You better not get up." And then I don't know if you guys have ever had a mom where they like go to close the door and then they open a little bit, scare you, and then close it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Dear Days came out. A demo for Dear Days came out. Yes. I heard the, the translation was, was scuffed. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, I didn't take all of the screenshots for it. I was admittedly kind of tuned out of the tutorial because it's a tutorial. You know, right. Enough. And they're like, this is how Vanguard works. And you're like, this is for people who have played Vanguard before, but thanks. Like, Yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily. There are going to be people who just like buy it because it's a game and right but i think for like the way people see tutorials in general is if your game is good enough you should be able to figure out the controls intuitively or if it's something like this where it's like a simulator for a trading card game for the people who have played it before there needs to be an opt-out button there is a skip button everyone just played the tutorial anyways because it's a demo hooray that's good no skip intended. yeah that was the one i that was my contribution to the... This was definitely translated in Southeast Asia. Wait, what did it say? It said, no lose intended, instead of, like, I don't intend to lose. Yeah. Uh, or I won't lose. All yeah. your base are belong to us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, like, 8,000 ways that you can translate that, right? And yeah. Not that no, one, mostly. No lose intended. That's uh, fantastic. Yes. Machine, so, yeah, machine the was very interesting thing where you just played like the most random cards and ended on like tribash playing against your little brother who is using a 
weird Keter Sanctuary deck that had that one grade three that goes in the soul and gives 10k. Yeah, that card's uh, good. Blue yeah, guy, but, right? Refluke. Yeah, Refluke. Yeah. But, you know, using it as, like, your main grade three because it's a tutorial, so you have oh, the yeah. most, like, wacky tutorial deck ever. Yeah, I would not do that. that is but weird. I think that card is good. Yeah, it's a good card. Also, like, the tutorial is totally winnable if you could... This this is one of my the things that I was thinking the entire time I'm playing the tutorials. Like, you know, I could have probably just attacked in a more optimal pattern and, like, won the game. And you learned. didn't because... Uh, the tutorial railroads you into decisions. It's a tutorial. Uh, that's the worst kind of tutorial. Yeah, where it's like, okay, so the deck plays front triggers, but you're attacking with rear guards first. Uh, you're not, like, dropping cards to boost a lot of the time. You're taking a lot of, like, unnecessary damage a lot of the time, too. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, that kind of, Like, putting you in a position where you lose to the over-trigger. Ah, so that's fun. That's always a good time where they. Oh wait, you, you lose know. to the overtrigger in the tutorial. Yes, that's oh so sick. <laughs> wait, they make that a point of being like submit so to sick. our submit to our our will. With the that is that is badass. Yeah, and then oh my god. Yeah, after the tutorial, it's just like, uh, you're. You get to go buy some Vanguard decks. Only the five start decks were available in the tutorial, so I just used Nirvana okay. because Nirvana. And then you play against one guy playing against Eugene and then another guy playing Borrow Magnus. Neither of them really did anything with their decks. They like didn't actually use their card effects most of the time. So, you know, very just like beginner mode. I, I get the point of, like, with the new start decks uh, showing you the game mechanics and, like, nothing else. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess the tutorial being the same way. But yeah. uh, they're really neat, you know, difficulty settings. I've been playing the game since 2012. Okay, cool. We can show you <laughs> the other stuff. Yeah. But, you know, also it is a story mode. And oh, story mode tends to be easier just because it's a random oh. AI. So... You know, Borrow Magnus never went above, like, six soul, even though it probably could have very easily. Mm -hmm. uh, Eugene never retired anything, never even called enough rearguards to retire anything, <laughs> stuff like that. So those are just, like, the gameplay experience. But in terms of, like, the actual control scheme, words, control scheme, uh, I found the PC version to be a little clunky. Like, you know how in Master Duel you can just, like, click on a card and it'll zoop? And it'll pop up a little text box on the side that tells you everything it does. Yeah. Uh, Dear Days does not do that. You have to press a separate button to zoom in on your card. Dude, no. And then it will stay zoomed in as you're clicking around the board and just obscure your screen. So you have to, like, uh, by default is C. You have to press C to zoom in to see your card. And then you have to press it again to zoom back out instead of just being able to, like, click the card. I feel click, like, like, off to the side and it'll, like... Yeah. I seem to remember Vanguard EX being just like you hold a button and mm -hmm. then like it zooms in and then you release the button and it goes back away. Yeah. It's like really weird to me why that they went away from that in this. But maybe uh, I'm misremembering. Maybe, but uh, it could also just be a quirk of the PC version. Oh, could be. Yeah, but the, there were a lot of things that didn't seem very intuitive to the PC version where you had to constantly like confirm, like you couldn't double click on anything. 
or I would like click on a card and then try to click on the guard circle because I intended to guard. And there's like, no, you have to conf you have to click on your card and then confirm your selection to guard, and then you have to do that for every card you're guarding with. Ew. And I, I would really like to be able to just like click and drag. It's really obvious this was not designed for PC. Hmm. I wonder if there's something, but like you know, somebody's got to play the Switch or the other versions. Yeah. Um, Patreon.com slash Nexus at Night. Uh, I did not try playing Badass Face Star. Maybe that'll feel better. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, I did not try playing the game with a controller plugged in, to be fair. Okay. Mm. So I don't know if like playing it on a controller would be easier, but you know, it is on PC. I didn't feel like fiddling with it, so I just went with mouse, keyboard and mouse, and it feels like they just did not optimize it for PC play in any way. And usually that's the opposite with a lot of games, isn't it? Where the PC play is the easiest one. Or usually, yeah, most but, extensive, I guess. But this was probably designed as like a Switch game first, and then they just ported it to Steam. Mm. Okay. The classic yeah. uh, PC port, Japanese PC ports mm -hmm. uh, issue. Yeah, so it definitely feels a little clunky trying to play it on mouse and keyboard. There are just a lot of little things where it's like playing Master Duel and being able to like click and drag all my cards or just mouse over something to see what it does compared to this where everything is an additional button press and it's just that little bit more annoying. Reminds me of CFA, honestly. Yeah. Although <laughs> it does a little better than CFA because at least all of your effects and everything are automatic. Yeah. That's true. So I don't have to try and keep track of everything. The game will just prompt me to do that. It means One you don't need I, to read anything. Yeah. One thing I like about uh, things like, you know, Dueling Book or CFA, where they make you keep track of anything, is it is a true card game simulator where you have to play like you would in real life. In that That's game. why people like testing Yu-Gi-Oh! on uh, Dueling Book rather than using any of the other ones is because it forces you to know rulings mm -hmm. and resulting and like communicate how you're resolving things. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I can understand why people would feel that way. Mm -hmm. uh, aside from that, we have the full list for the Chrono Jet stride set now. True. Okay. It's just the same cards. Yeah. Uh, Chrono Jet is exactly the same. Uh, the ride line seems like it just draws you cards, so the grade one, Mazer Gear, if you ride it from Dran, you can draw a card, and you get the Chrono Jet Dragon Crest, so that is how you get the Crest card, is you have to ride the grade one. Uh, that means it's probably not as good in premium, because then there's always the chance you just don't ride the Mazer Gear, mm -hmm. and you have to be playing it on Dran specifically. So it does... Like, fiddle with your deck building a little bit. I don't imagine the crest will be super applicable to premium. We'll see if people do things with it. Mm -hmm. And then smoke gear, like, when it's rode on by a grade 3 with Chrono Jet, you can Soul Blast, add a grade 3 to your hand from okay. deck. Yeah. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. Are, do we want to just do, like, a mini review and just go through all the cards? Sure. Okay, so... Uh, the other grade three in the set is Bailey. Uh, so that get uh, GB two during your turn. If any rear guards were put to the bottom of the deck, uh, plus ten k. And when it's discarded for stride, you can draw a card. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we have upstream dragon where 
Uh, GB1, when it attacks, gets 5k, drink. Uh, at the end of the battle, put this unit on the bottom of your deck, search your deck for a grade 1 call to a back row rear guard circle and shuffle. Okay, that's at least something. It's not mm. just the 5k. I'll give him yeah. credit for that. Uh, we have Steam Fighter Argandia. So when it's placed on guard circle, you can soul blast one, get shield plus 5k, and then if you have a card face up in G zone, it gets 10k instead of 5. Ooh. Was there an Argandia <laughs> beforehand? Is this like a retrain? That's or? new. That's new. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, we have Arlem, which is just a perfect guard, and it functions exactly like all the D perfect guards were. If it's like one, yeah. two or less in hand, you can have it for free. Yeah. Or one or less in hand. Yeah. Uh, what was Steam Breath Dragon. So uh, it's a stride fodder. And then if act in hand, if you have Chrono Dragon Crest, you can discard it. Search your deck for a great deck or drop with a great for a great three with Chrono Jet. Put it into your hand. And sh if you search your deck, shuffle. Sure. So. Sort of like an enhanced stride fodder, where instead of searching for your top five, you can just discard it directly to get Chrono Jet. That's pretty nice. And it can get it from the drop zone, which is pretty important Ooh, when we talk about That's nice. That's yeah. very good. Uh, another new card, Gear Soro of Magnetic Resonance. So during your turn, if either player of your guard was put to the bottom of the deck, plus 5k, another drink. And then GB1, it can intercept from the back row. Okay, but it's uh, still 5k shield, yeah. so... Or it gets intercept and can intercept from the back row, so... I guess it does something, and then... <laughs> Steam Scara GG. Uh, when it's placed on rear guard circle, if you have the Chrono Jet Crest, you can Soul Blast 2, draw 1. If it was okay. placed by a card ability, you can give it 5k. Or sure. it gets 5k. Drink. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. you know, typical trigger lineup. So you have the dark states over trigger, four crits, four draw, three front, four heal, and then okay. for next age, it is so next age is different from its original incarnation, where you have to discard a grade three with chrono jet specifically. Ah, that's to be able rough. to stride it, and then GB two at the end of the battle, it attacked Vanguard, counterblast one, discard two. Uh, put it in G zone face up. Uh, choose one of your vanguards with Chrono Jet and stand it. So they actually did the opposite of what I expected them to do. Where Fate Rider flips something up, and we'll talk about Fate Rider after this. And Next Age does not flip anything, and it has otherwise it has the same effect except now you discard two instead of three, mm -hmm. which makes sense. Yeah, and then finally we have Fate Rider, which is. Uh, on attack, counterblast one, flip up a card with the same, or flip any card in your G zone face up and put a rear guard to the bottom of your deck. Uh, search your deck for one unit card with grade plus one of the card you put to the bottom of the deck, call it to rear guard circle, choose one of your units, and then it gets 5k for each face up card in your G zone. So, yeah, Seems that's all. That. And then, of course, there's a crest where you can stride. And you can't ride a grade 3 or greater card without Chrono Jet in the name. Uh, the power of all grade 3 cards with Chrono Jet become 13,000 during your turn. If you have a grade 3 or greater with Chrono Jet, it gives your front row 5k for each face up in your G zone. And at the beginning of your battle phase, you can choose one of your grade 3 or greater rear guard, increase or decrease its grade to zero. Hmm. So yeah, that's like the Chrono Jet set. Like, what are we thinking about it? Seems good. They're, 
some some good things about it, some bad, like some are mm-hmm. strict upgrades of you know what it was before, either from time leap or from just early G. Um, and then others are like kind of a downside, like uh, what's it called? Um, like next stage having to discard specifically a chrono jet. Yeah, it's a str- I mean, it, it grabbing like like being able to like search Chrono Jet like all the time is pretty nice. Yeah, like you're just adding so many great threes to your hand. You just gotta make sure you have one laying around. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's fine. It seems strong to me. Yeah. Like I look forward to PGing next stage yet again. Yeah. <laughs> right. A reminder yeah. for everybody that Chrono Jet has a glory skill. God, remember when those were a thing? Okay. Yeah. That was. <laughs> that was a time for sure, and then and then they became zeros during V, and then we've gone all the way back around in premium, where like somebody will tech in one grade one PG just to get around the no zeros thing every mm-hmm. time, and then and then now we've gone completely like full full circle, and we're back at great you know PGs are grade one again. Yeah, and glory skills are relevant in D. I can't believe it. We got back. Isn't it awesome? Right. Uh, yeah, like, I think the set is looking pretty good. Like, most of the cards are, you know, kind of generic, where they, a lot of them just gain 5k, although uh, where the Steam Breath is pretty... No, not Steam Breath. Upstream is pretty cool, where you can call something to the back row. And not rested, which is good. Yeah. So that's pretty neat. Uh, obviously, you have Fate Rider to make a fourth attack. Uh, I am a little concerned about the crest with the power scaling, so... It still kind of works out in a way where because uh, next age doesn't flip anything, you're still going to end up with like you're going to have like 5k during your first stride and then 15 dur- or 10k before next age goes back and then it goes up to 15 once it does. It's like not unreasonable, I don't think. And then the game probably isn't lasting too much longer after that, although it certainly can. Do you think this has a chance, like, for competitive viability? Like, is this going to launch it to... uh... Maybe. Because the big thing that Chronojet has over a lot of other decks is versatility. That's always been the appeal of striding, is being able to just have a different boss unit for whatever situation you're in. Mm -hmm. There's only two so far, though, right? Yeah, there are only two, but that still gives you, like, pretty good options, where... You can call out another guy for an extra attack and give make one of your units like really really big, or you can go for a restander if you think that's going to get your opponent instead. And yeah. then you have like the guard restrict on Chrono Jet. Do you think this has a chance against Youth Birch being, mm. you know, that depends. We'll have to see. But Youth Birch is very powerful and. I suppose that will be, like, the next thing that we talk about is, you know, one-deck formats. So, in V, we've already had a situation where Steam Maidens is very powerful. Some might even say Tier 0, kind of depends on what tournament you're going to at that particular point in time. And coming up in Set 7, it's been shown that Youth Burke is overwhelmingly better than a lot of the other decks, a lot of singles results right now have shown that Youthburg just tops all of them, and then for teams, practically every team has a Youthburg on it. Yeah. 
like six of eight, five of eight, I think were the two that I saw. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, pretty much. It's, uh, yeah. it's got that like paladin veneer to it too. Um, mm-hmm. Where it, where it yeah. looks like Shadow Paladin and plays like oh, Shadow yeah. Paladin, kind of. But obviously, like, the big thing is that it's just effective, right? Tempest does mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Yeah. Strong deck. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, how do... Generally, how do we feel whenever a meta becomes a little more narrowed? Not good. Like, I just gotta cut down the side of my face. <laughs> uh, it's not... It's not a fun time when a deck becomes... Uh, you know, a deck takes over the meta. One, because you are left either defending the meta against your friends who go, it's a one-deck format, or you recognize it's a one-deck format and everyone's like, it's fine! Uh, <laughs> it's never fun being on either side of that uh, debate. And right. Mm-hmm. The the sooner that we've that you, like, recognize that and that Bouchard recognize that recognizes that and does something about it the better that said i know for steam maidens and v we've been on both sides <laughs> of this debate either mexico i think where they were like oh w- the the key is to play a deck that pops off turn three and then as we saw in italy this last weekend seven of eight were <laughs> steam maidens so we're matching with Yu-Gi-Oh. yeah so <laughs> it, it's not um it's not fun to have a, a, a one deck format to play in and to be on either side of the argument. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, although we did have a recent event in Indonesia where there were only two youth Burke in top eight, but the youth Burks did get first and second. So who knows? Who knows? Youth Burke definitely seems to be performing very well. Yeah. I think we can agree at the very least that it's probably the best deck in the format, even if it isn't completely overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And then also, it's a hard deck to get just because of how. Oh yeah. It is. Uh, yeah, yeah, because like they scaled back the rarities starting set four, and then you know lower supply in general means that it's just a thirty dollar card. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which do we want to talk about some of the like issues with the game right now? Because that's been a hot button topic for a little while. I. I'm not in the driver's seat this week, so please uh, do what you yeah. want. I mean, I already made like a super long thread after Bushiroad put out its like really quick, obviously written in five minutes producer letter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in that letter, they address some of the immediate problems with like things that we were talking about last week. So... The NFT thing, I did not expect anything to actually happen with that because the product was already made, right? Like, they already did it. Like, the cards are already there. They already put it in the set. They were probably not going to walk back on it. And even if they did, they can't just delete these slips from the packs anymore. Right. Uh, The second thing was, like, card quality. They had finally addressed that and clarified what the trade-in program would be like so you're going to be able to go to like official bushiroad events in 2023 to be able to trade in any like misprinted cards and there are a lot of them so like your taco shells as you call them uh not that uh actual like misprints so all right they had to to errata and there are a lot of things they had to errata 
So I do have lingering questions about that. I am just going to like rattle off what I wrote on Twitter. So like the big thing is what availability is going to be like for these reissues, right? Because they don't really have a good way of gauging who is going to like show up and try to get these like reissued cards. Mm -hmm. And so it would really suck if you show up and they just like don't have enough copies of the card that you want. There are a lot of things that are having to be reprinted now. Not only all of the mistakes they made in Clan Collection, but also recently with set 8, and also some realizations of things they did in set 6, they have had to just change the names of a bunch of cards. They had a Konami moment where a bunch of things that were intended to be an archetype were not an archetype. And then there was also like the Galactic Hero stuff in set 6, which was not meant to work with like Cosmic Heroes, but as they are currently worded do. So they eroded all of them to be B heroes now, just so it doesn't synergize with cosmic heroes. Christ. So yeah. let them have it. What's the problem? It... Uh, I, it wasn't intended. And in Japan, they have like different names. So That's so good. I think, but yeah, they fine. have to errata in, like an entire archetype worth of cards just so they didn't create accidental synergy. But also, with, like, Alkite and all of the Kaiju cards, in the past, there were a bunch of things with Kaiju in their name, but they weren't archetypes. That wasn't an archetype to begin with, so, like, Bulbomine was a mutant, and then I think there were other things that were, like, not yeah. named monsters, but are supposed to be monsters. It's so, either that or they invented the monster archetype later and they're like, oh shit, that should have been part of it. Yeah, you know? like, exactly. But in Japan, like, all of them were just like, whatever, kaiju, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a thing where, like, now that kaijus are an archetype, they're having a frog the jam moment where it's like, ah, oh, fuck. I'm shocked that it wasn't an archetype to begin with, that they just kind of, like, built it around Zeal and were, like, pretending that, that was okay. Mm-hmm. Frog to the jam. Like they could have just they could have just gave it like um like them all like typings, like alien or mm -hmm. whatever, mm -hmm. a monster or what have you, and then just reference yeah. the type of monster like they do with workeroids and dolls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But nope, they didn't do that. So now there are a bunch of kaiju monsters that aren't currently kaijus and that were eroded to be kaijus, so Damn. those also have to be reissued. So yeah, my big thing is like how are they going to handle this? Because that's a lot of stuff that needs to be reissued, and there's no way they can possibly prepare for, like, the amount of demand there may or may not be for this, right? Yeah, I feel bad for, uh, like, you just have to have a lot of pile of each card and be like, all right, you're here. Like, there might be people just showing up for the event to be like, I'm just here for my erratas, man. I don't... Yeah. <laughs> like, I... Uh, how... Like, I have no idea how they're going to handle, like, the supply issue. Are they just going to be like, how many people, like, what's the capacity for this event? Multiply that by four. <laughs> like, that. Like, I can understand not wanting to do it through the mail because it would suck mm -hmm. to mail your misprinted card and either never get anything back or get a, like, yeah. we're working on it and then just never. Yeah, and then, yeah, send it to, like, Singapore or wherever. Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's a hard so, yeah. needle to thread. And also, alternate rarities, like, mm -hmm. a lot of these cards are came out in, like, SPs or frame rares. Mm -hmm. Like, if I gave you an SP, are they going to give me back a triple R? Uh, I hope not. That would suck. Yeah, that would, that would, be, suck. That would be really unfortunate. But yeah, mm -hmm. this, 
honestly, like, I think what they should probably do is issue a reprint set for these. Like, they can try to disguise it as, like, act by including actual reprints, but make it very obvious, like, okay, we know we fucked up. Like, here's mm -hmm. the errata set. Like, obviously, I think they should still have this trade-in program at the tournaments, because you can't have people who currently own the errata cards just stuck holding the bag on these things. But in terms of, like... Gluttony Nebros, man. <laughs> but in terms of, like, wide-scale availability, like, all of these old errata or unerrata cards are still floating out there, and it's going to be really difficult finding a correct version if you can only ever attempt to turn it in at a Bushiroad event. And I can almost guarantee you that someone is going to go to an event and not get their erratas because they weren't prepared for it. Like, I cannot imagine this going particularly well, and I really would hope they consider some sort of we fucked up, here's a reprint set that is definitely here to fix this mistake, but we're also just going to pretend that that didn't happen. I'm okay with reprint sets, because it also just gets another copy of that card out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, you know, the taco shell foiling. Right, that too. Like, <laughs> cards from that particular time frame of, like, Festival, Premium, and V Collection had really bad foiling. Like, all my Festival Collection cards are noticeably more warped than their equivalent rarities from, like, other sets. Yeah. True. And so, and also, Festival Collection was short-printed to begin with. How much is Grave Zorga now? I know, like, Orphist was, like, a $17 card for a while. Really? Uh, Grave Zorga is only 10 surprisingly. But still, like, a good chunk considering we dunk on him all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think we dunk on him enough. Now, $20. What the fuck? Wait, what's $20? Orphist. Oh my god. Wow. So yeah, like, job, I think Orphist. the Festival Collection cards could probably use a reprint. Partially to fix the taco shell foiling, and partially because, for some fucking reason, they're just, like, not available. I don't know what to tell you, man. It's weird knowing that I didn't get a concussion, but it kind of feels like I got a concussion. <laughs> I'm sure your head is not great. Not so, or not so much that, just, like, th this is such a mindfuck what's going on with, uh, mm -hmm. with Bushi. And, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, the, for the last thing, uh, the tournament promos are going to be box toppers starting set 9, probably because, like, all Thank of the current God. product is already planned out. Thank but that's God. Yeah, but that still means it's not until, like, March, at least, where these promos become, like, more accessible. And I don't know if that means, like, the current set of promos are being re-released as box toppers, or if it means that future promos that they make are going to be box toppers. I imagine, like, you know, they probably have all the things packaged up and in a warehouse mm -hmm. somewhere. I'm guessing they just wanted to, you know, wait yeah. till they're designing. I get it. It's fine. I mean, it sucks. The ideal solution would be for Bushiro to stop making impactful promos. That too. But, you know. We've done that episode already, though. This is a better solution than what they were doing beforehand. It's still mm -hmm. not great. Like, it'd be nice if they could just, like, put them into actual sets. That'd be cool. Yeah. Like, I love it when, like, essential deck warping cards are just not available on TCG Player because no one has opened them yet. 
On the plus like, side, putting them as box stoppers means that there's more incentive to buy buy sealed products, which mm-hmm. we sure wants to happen. Buying yeah. singles doesn't affect their bottom line. Um, True. Just the shops. Yeah, but, and also, like, this is a more company thing. It's not something that Bushiroad EN can really do, but can we go back to, like, the pre-DBT4 rarities? Like, that was better. I like, like those, too. They were good. Yeah. Like, no, but, like, the ratio of cards in a set oh, are worse now. Oh, oh. That's it. why it... That's why starting set four, everything was like suddenly twenty dollars, is because they like clawed back the availability of cards. Brainwash swirler. Yeah, but like all of them really. So it's just yeah. like, you know, can we have better ratios again? Like this kind of sucks. I think well, English actually could do something about that. Just do it with the English mm-hmm. sets, right? Oh, uh, and you know, reprints. So that too. <laughs> DPT like DBT six, you had one per nation per box of the mm-hmm. PGs, and in set seven, you get one trigger. Not one per nation, not one per trigger type, one. No shot. That that's what it was in Japan, at least. Uh, Crossbone <sighs> VGs like opened a box, and they're like, okay, so we opened like two displays, and out of that, we got like forty. So. It's like two cases and you know 40 triggers that means there's only like one per box that's tragic that is trash well yeah it do be like that is absolutely awful and if that isn't change in english that's just fuck and then uh, i think the last thing people have been talking we already talked about dear days being 70 dollars plus paid dlc It'll probably go on sale. Like, that's their strategy is just it's never going to actually be $70 for more than like a week. Well, it's nice. really it's really bizarre to me that it's 70 starting. Like yeah. that's just so shocking. Like mm-hmm. I just I just bought God of War for $70. <laughs> and something tells me a lot more effort went into one game than the other. Yeah. And then uh the last thing a lot of people have been talking about is sunsetting V as a format. Yeah, that that's been uh, like that comes and goes, but mm-hmm. it, it seems uh, very prevalent as of late. Yeah, like how do you guys feel about that? I don't particularly mind it. I don't think they're doing anything terribly interesting with me. Mm-hmm. And if we could replace those V sets with I don't know premium sets that aren't like really upsetting, <laughs> that'd be neat. But I kind of yeah. dislike gifts, but we can't really go back before gifts at this point. Yeah, but you know, it is what it is. I don't really know. Like, I think it's pretty easy just to keep the format around. I just don't know if like it's like I don't, I don't know if people enjoy V more than other formats. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's true. I think but the only like, reason. Sorry, sorry. Oh yeah, but I was gonna say if like if they're not gonna like actually like adjust the format, like hitting Steam Maidens or something. Then you know maybe they should sunset it if they don't want to touch it anymore. But uh, yeah, I don't know. What are you gonna say? Um, I think literally the only reason people prefer V is no over triggers. Oh yeah, that's that's, true. that's the thing people point to first. No OTs. That's true. <laughs> they are not in there. Um, yeah, I think there's also like a 
not a prejudice, but just sort of preconceived notions about what stride is. And I think for better or for worse with the imaginary gifts, it allows people going first and people not striding first to like do something. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I think that can lead to a better balance. I would love to see V become like the goat format of Vanguard. But people would need to enjoy playing it, right? Yeah. That, yeah, that's true. But you know what I mean? We're like, it's something that the the company of Boucher doesn't officially support, but you have like a community for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of official support, I feel like V has caused nothing but problems. So, like, at the start of the BCS season, I believe the original schedule was, like, Standard would be standalone day one, and then V and Premium would be put into the same day, and a lot of people didn't like that. Or, I believe that's what it was, but I could be wrong, but there was some sort of scheduling thing with V and Premium that people really didn't like, Mm -hmm. and they were like, we don't feel like choosing between, like, V and Premium. Or, no, uh, no, no, what it was was that Standard and Premium were on the same day, and V was standalone, and people did not like that, because they were like, we go. prefer Standard and Premium, we don't want to play V standalone. And so, a bunch of events had to suddenly, like, shift their schedules around to be able to support Standard and Premium on separate days. So, wide scale, it seems like the support for V isn't really there, and then, of course, v, the recent V collection had a ton of problems with, like, the foiling, the misprints, you know, product delays. People were getting disqualified because of the bad foiling. Uh, you know, Steam Maiden being a Tier 0 format, even though it's only one of three formats, it's, like, not a great look. So it just feels like, to me... V is just giving the game a really bad look and so, as an official format. And the whole thing where it only gets supported once a year, so the format doesn't move very often without Bushiro just giving a huge ban list every time. It just seems like it's more pr- trouble than it's worth trying to keep it up. I would love to see um, where they do the set rotation thing. Um where you have premium getting stuff, but it's not always relegated to every clan gets a stride or every clan gets a G guard. Maybe if you have more sets relegated to that for like half the year, you then have um, like the ability to mm-hmm. add more archetypal main deck support or something. Well, that's the thing. Like we're now getting these stride deck lists. They're only for like Chrono Jet and Messiahs, weirdly enough, mm-hmm. but like. Yeah that's still something that can happen, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I I would... It would suck not being able to play Gaia in V V anymore because it's not really good in premium, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think it would be better for the game overall, especially getting new people into the game. And and, uh, (coughs) there's three formats, and they're like, I'm out, you know? Yeah. Like, premium is a format that just kind of has to exist due to the nature of, like, the various reboots and pseudo-rotations that we've had. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think, in general, we probably just should get rid of V. I think we've we've reached this conclusion multiple times before. Yeah. Yeah. So... 
who knows? I I don't know if they even want to keep doing it. It seems like they were pressured to keep it. No, or yeah, could be. I mean, or they yeah, because like keep it because they didn't want to lose a bunch of formats like all in a row. Because mm-hmm. they it seems like rebooted. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, go ahead. Because they just rebooted the game, like they're rebooting it again. They're like, well, you can play all the formats. Yeah. Please. I was going to say, like, initially at the start of D, it makes sense just because no, 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 please don't leave our game. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But now that we're kind of deep into standard and people actually like standard, I feel like we could maybe leave V behind now. It seems like a vestigial format where. It's not an eternal format that has every card that's in the pool, but it's also not the current standard that's receiving constant support. So it's just kind of sitting in between. Yeah, I I think it's easier to just go, all right, D, like that that's your current format. Premium, that's every card. Ban over triggers. And then <laughs> the benefit that V had over premium is no longer there. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, last point, ban over triggers. That's not a discussion, just do it. Oh, yeah. Do it, man. What Probably if? Not going to happen in D, I don't think. But Yeah, uh, like, like any, like, whatever they were doing for, like, V collection could just be rolled into premium, and that's the way they just continue printing, like, rear guards and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, they can just call it a premium set, right? And if people yeah. want to run V unofficially as its own format, they could do it. I mean, a lot of these, like, get... Um, a big momentum swing turn three, whether you know they're both at grade three or not, because that's earlier V that that was the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows? Yeah, yeah, that was kind of all I had, but yes, yeah. ban over triggers, please. Like, there is no positive to those being in the game. Okay, all right, well, I gotta go. I don't know, wash this or whatever. Um, <laughs> you need to uh, recover from losing your fight against your dresser. True. Of all the things I could lose a fight to in this room, yeah. the door, uh, the fan, the other fan, the window, the blinds, this painting behind me, the dresser. I don't yep. the dresser. Of all course. Right. What else would it be? I don't know. Well, you can find us on Twitter at Nexus and Nights on, uh, or also on Instagram too. Uh, we got merch, we got playmats. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash nexus at night. Thanks to Darren Cole, Josh, Jeremy, GR for being uh, $10 patrons. How about the rest of us? You can find me on Twitter at Wiggums, 2Gs, 2Zs. You can find me at Plasma Eclipse. Find me at Atlas Novak on Twitter or Instagram or follow my other podcast at Generation Dan. Uh, this week, which you will be hearing today, uh, <laughs> We, we have uh, Jimmy Shin, who has a, uh, a special out on Amazon Prime called Walk This Way, like WOK. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so it's going to be a good time. Thanks, everybody, for listening slash watching. And until then, I was Atlas. I'm still Matt. Uh, if it makes you feel better, back in August, I lost a fight in, with an SUV in my car. That's a car! That's different <laughs> than a dresser. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs>